A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. You have not come to something that can be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that not another word be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even an animal touches the mountain, it shall be stoned to death. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse the one who is speaking, for if they did did not escape when they refused the one who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape if we reject the one who warns from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of what is shaken, that is, created things, so that we cannot be shaken, what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us give thanks by which we offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for indeed our God is a consuming fire. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. 
the Gospel of the Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Take our minds and think through them. Take our lips and speak through them. Take our hearts and kindle in them the fire of your love. Amen. It is delightful uh, for me to be here. Uh, Thank you for uh, the invitation, uh, Chris, and to everyone for your hospitality. And um, I'm grateful to God for this glorious weather. Um, I was uh, saying er earlier at the 8 o'clock service that um, sometimes I'm not a very clever person. I, I spend my time traveling, a lot of my time traveling throughout the Episcopal Church, uh, visiting places and listening and speaking and sometimes preaching. And at the, where I live in Cincinnati, the summers can be shall we say, not very pleasant. It's humid and hot and it rains a lot and it's just the weather's not all that great. So I thought a few months ago, well, I'll be very clever and I'll travel a lot this summer and I'll thereby avoid Cincinnati weather. And then I went and scheduled myself to be in places such as Phoenix (laughs) and Kansas. Um, But here we are at the end of summer and the sort of, um, you know, piece de resistance of my summer is here and so, uh, wow, uh, I could really see, I've been speaking with people who have relocated from other parts of the country to be here, and I can see why you would do that, and those of you who were born here, I can see why you would stay, what a, what a blessing to be here, and this parish, wow, what a vibrant place, so I'm uh, filled with gratitude to be here today. In the... Gospel reading today, we hear yet another story of Jesus getting himself into trouble. He's constantly getting himself into trouble in the Gospels with various authorities and figures. Uh, Today's infraction that we hear about is uh, healing someone, freeing someone from her sickness on the Sabbath day. He has once again broken the rules. There are, I think, for us Christians today reading this, a couple of lessons. One quick one is that um, I have heard sometimes people say, well, you know, I'm, uh, uh, I'm going to go to the beach today because, you know, Jesus said the Sabbath was, was made for us and not us for the Sabbath. And so Jesus, you know, dum, 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 I'm going to go to the beach. Um, I would observe, and I'm saying this to the choir here, you're all here in church today, You can tell all your friends and neighbors that today's uh, gospel reading begins with, now Jesus was teaching in the synagogue. Um, Jesus undergirded his ministry, his life with worship. Again and again in the gospels, we read that he gathered with his uh, disciples and his friends in prayer. He went to the synagogue, he went to the temple, and that's our model as well. We should not forget that on this Lord's Day that As Christians, our task is to gather together and be reminded of what's important, of of who God is, of of who we are, to feast on Christ's presence, and to draw strength to go about the rest of our business in the world as Christians. There are um, 
I happen to know this for a mathematical fact, 168 hours in every week. And so we spend this hour together as Christians preparing ourselves and and getting strength for the other 167 hours for most of our lives as Christians. The other lesson, I think, um, that's worth noting here is that Jesus does break some rules. The rule was that on the Sabbath day you should worship and really not do uh, much other work. And he scandalously healed this woman. I think it's worth thinking about what it might mean for us today to think about um, breaking some rules as part of our work, our ministry, our task of following Jesus. Now, for us, uh, one of the shifts we have to make is that most of us, I think, most of us uh, religious folk, um, don't have in our mind the rules of you know, what's in the Book of Common Prayer. You know, we don't, I, don't, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say, I- I'm thinking about doing something, but I'm just going to look it up in the prayer book to make sure it's okay. Um, those aren't the rules I think sometimes we need to break. I think maybe the rules that we all um, are, have been laid upon us, the burden from which we need to be liberated, are a different set of rules. The set of rules goes something like this. Your job in the world is to make a lot of money and get security and be safe and take care of yourself and look out for yourself and those around you. And... Um, those rules continue. Uh, if, if somebody else has a problem, that's their problem. They can pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Those, I think, are the rules we need as Christians. We need to struggle with. And in fact, we're compelled to struggle with. And I wonder what it would be like for us uh, Christians to break the rules more often. I wonder what our lives would be like and what our world would be like if we managed to pull that off. Just last night, I um, had dinner with the Rankin-Williams family, and uh, Chris and Amy and I uh, were talking. Aiden was listening, I think, but, but we were talking, and um, uh, we were talking about, uh, I think um, Amy brought up this program that, that exists now where people like um, many of us who might have some money to spare give that money directly to somebody who is very poor, who is in need. So the way it works is you make a donation of $500 or $1,000 to an organization, and that money gets passed straight on to somebody perhaps in Kenya or Malawi or Tanzania, and they suddenly receive $500 or $1,000. Around here, that's, that's a lot of money, but it's, it's a lot of money. In, in the poorer parts of the world, that kind of money is life-changing money. Now, the rules of our, that we live in, the rules of our culture tell us that, well, you, know, you shouldn't just give somebody something. You have to check to make sure that they use it well. What if they waste it? How are you going to know what happens? This is a whole different way of looking at it. It's imagining... It's trusting that the person who receives that will be responsible. So built into this uh, gift is trust and hope. 
and generosity because the gift doesn't come with any strings. It's transformational to, to, to live that way. I know a guy named um, Dennis that I met in, uh, that I knew in Rhode Island who told me a story one day. He called me up and said, I want to tell you this amazing thing that just happened to me. He had been driving home from his job uh, home and uh, he saw a hitchhiker. Well, of course you're not supposed to pick up hitchhikers. But for some reason, he had the sense, he felt compelled to pick up this particular hitchhiker. So he pulled over and picked up this man and, and talked with him and had this amazing uh, life-changing conversation. He had the sense that he was in the presence of holiness in his car. And the, the thing that he realized after the hitchhiker got out was that um, in doing that, he had mystically met Christ himself. He'd had a mystical experience picking up a hitchhiker. I know somebody else who had a great, was offered a great promotion, really fantastic for her career. It was her dream promotion. She thought about it. She prayed about it. She said no, because she wanted to spend time with her family, and her faith was just starting to blossom, and she didn't want to miss the opportunity to have her faith blossom. So she turned down a promotion. I know somebody else who works, who volunteers in a food truck. This food truck is not like a regular food truck. They drive around in poor neighborhoods and give away all the food they have to anybody who lines up and wants it. There are lots of examples of ways to break the rules as Christians. I wonder what our lives would be like if we did that more often. In a few moments... This wonderful uh, person who's praising God. (laughs) Which is awesome. This beautiful, precious child of God is going to be baptized here in the font. What happens might not look, in some ways, might not look like much. We sprinkle some water, we say some prayers, take some pictures. But what happens here today in this font and what has happened in many of our own lives if we were ever washed in a font like this is that a great adventure begins. A great adventure. A chance, an an invitation to follow Jesus through life, to be on a pilgrimage, to take some risks, to break some rules, to make God's love real in ways that aren't expected. If we don't shock ourselves and those around us sometimes with our faith, we're not doing it right. That's the kind of adventure that we begin today in the font. It's awesome. I've been working on this thing for a couple years called Lent Madness. Has anyone here heard of Lent Madness? A few people. So you should um, check it out at lentmadness.org. It's online. It's a, um, it's a saintly smackdown. Uh, in Lent Madness, 32 saints duke it out in a, in a, in a March Madness basketball-style bracket. People vote on which saint they think deserves the golden halo. It's, it's, uh, it's a really great way to get through Lent. 
Um, If you do this, you'll laugh a lot. It's very funny. Um, But every day, if you do this, you have to vote. You have to decide, well, which saint? Do I like uh, St. Teresa of Avila or or, uh, Martin Luther? Do I like um, St. Bartholomew? Or do I like uh, St. Hilda or Martin Luther King or Oscar Romero? So you you end up reading. There's biographical information every day. If you do that, I, I hope you will. Um, besides laughing, this will also change your life. Because what happens when you read about the saints is you realize that every single saint has uh, two things in common. One thing that they have in common with all of us is they're screwed up ordinary people just like us. There are no perfect saints. They're all just messed up people in whom, this is the second thing you'll notice, in some way God's Love burned brightly in their hearts and was a light to the world. Every single one of those saints took a risk, did something that wasn't expected, did something bold, adventurous. There are no saints of the status quo. That's a model for us. So when we say all these prayers in a few minutes, you're going to say, uh, will we do all in our power to support this person in her baptism? We're going to say we will. Mean it when you say it. That that we're gonna. Hi. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she, there's a laugh there. Yeah, hi. Um, wow, I got a wave and a laugh. <laughs> um, we're all promising to support you in your big adventure, and that is a great gift, not only to you, but to all of us. Because thanks be to God, God has called us all on this great journey to be bold and adventurous in sharing God's love with the world. Amen.